Hi everyone. Some of you have asked me about these pigs here. I carry them with me as a way to remember. Back on March 12th, we held a special event for our students. It was a larger than life game night where we became the game pieces. And the winner of that night was a game called Pass the Pigs. Just goes to show you, you can spend a lot of time building a 20-foot rendition of the game Sorry and come out on the bottom. Or you can buy two pigs on Amazon and come out a winner. What I didn't know at the time was that that was the last time we would be in person together in the youth room for quite a while. These pigs helped me to remember the fun and the laughter that we had that night. And I know it seems silly, but they're a symbol for me of the community that we have when we gather together online. They're a reminder for me of what was and what will be. Similarly, when we gather together for worship, we remember who God is and what God has done in our lives and in the world. And whether we gather together online or in person, Worship is our opportunity to focus all our attention on God and to remember. One of the most often repeated instructions for the Israelites from the Old Testament is the instruction to remember. We have an amazing capacity as humans to forget. And in today's scripture, you're going to learn about two people who forgot someone very important. So as we come together for worship, let us remember the goodness of God. Welcome to worship. Hey, everybody. We're glad that you're here with us. Uh, before we worship, um, last week, um, Pastor Neil uh, mentioned a scripture on his Facebook Live, uh, which he does every Thursday, by the way. Um, and the scripture was uh, where it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And uh, the interesting thing that I remember learning about that was that the, the lamp... Um, that we're talking about was a little lamp that you could carry if you had to go outside at night. And it was just a little tiny thing that would fit in your hand. And it's just a little oil lamp. And this thing would light up maybe one or two steps in front of you. And beyond that, pitch dark. You couldn't see it. Um, and the, the great deep truth in that is that, um, you know, a lot of times as we trust God and we go through life, we can see it's a step that's right in front of us, maybe two steps, but we can't see what's beyond that. But it's God's word that gives us the light to see that next step. And when we trust God, knowing who he is, we can continue to take step after step after step. And so as we worship him today, um, let's remember that his word is a light into our path. Amen.
ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you
Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Feel free to pause the video during these announcements in order to grab all the information you may need. Due to social distancing and wanting to protect vulnerable residents, Stonebridge cannot physically serve at Ashley Manor right now. However, we can let the residents know that we haven't forgotten about them by assembling a care bag. Simply decorate a paper grocery bag and fill it with two rolls of toilet paper, two cans of soup, and a bar of soap. Curbside drop-off at Stonebridge parking lot on May 4th between 4 and 6 p.m. The Stonebridge Nominating Committee will be meeting soon to nominate our next class of deacons and elders. If you are interested in serving Stonebridge in this capacity, please visit our website to learn more about what it means to be a deacon or an elder and fill out an application. Applications are due Monday, May 4th. Every week on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., you can join Pastor Neil live on Facebook this is a great time to connect with Pastor Neil and others as he takes the opportunity to share what's on his heart as it relates to our faith and church. If you have a hurt, habit, or hang-up that's keeping you from a joyful and productive life, perhaps Stonebridge Christian Recovery is for you. Meetings are now online every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Send an email to Barbara Waite to register. And lastly, we'd love to know that you're participating in worship Continue to share your prayers and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are important to us. Once again, welcome to Worship Online. Hi, Stonebridge. This week, our scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 50. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Hello, Stonebridge. I've got a question for you. What do these people have in common? Uh, Thomas Edison. Abraham Lincoln, Jane Goodall, Pablo Picasso, and Stevie Wonder. Well, it turns out that they all had parents that celebrate and celebrated their journey. 
Imagine how different those people were. Thomas Edison, I mean, a genius inventor, and Abraham Lincoln, president during the Civil War, and Jane Goodall, an anthropologist who studied chimpanzees for most of her life. If you had been in the time of any of those people, people would have said about them, well, they love and are really good at what they do. And uh, they didn't all make a lot of money doing it. But even if they did make money, that wasn't the main point. What was most important to them was that they were doing something they loved, something that they felt was the reason they were put on this earth. And sure, they had to work hard, but part of it felt effortless. Jane Goodall uh, said it this way, a sense of calm came over me. More and more often I found myself thinking, this is where I belong. This is what I came into the world to do. Those are the kinds of life, lives that we can celebrate. And in a sermon series on family matters, I want to take a week and say, let's celebrate our children's journeys. That's what uh, Mary and Joseph had to learn to do with their son, Jesus. Uh, we've just heard this story uh, of Jesus not making it back on the bus to Nazareth. Well, back then it wasn't a bus, it was a caravan, but Mary and Joseph had gone all day uh, in one direction before discovering Jesus wasn't around. How many of us have a story of somebody in our life, our family, that, that didn't get back into the car at a gas stop on a long road trip? I have two of those stories in my family. One was a teenage girl and the other was a mom. And in both cases, dad had uh, pulled up to the gas, uh, gas tank. He'd put the gas, uh, whatever that's called, back into the tank and, and went in to get a cup of coffee. And then when he got back, he counted heads in the front and the back seat or at least mounds of pillows or mounds of uh, blankets and uh, took off. And then it wasn't until minutes maybe hours later, that one of those sleepers roused and looked around and said, where's so-and-so? Oh my gosh, can you imagine hearing the brakes squeal as dad, uh, you know, stopped the car in the middle of the freeway? And I got to believe that, you know, he pulled over and he got out and he looked around, shocked, and expecting to see them walking up the road, which of course they didn't do. Now they had to drive further until they got to the next exit and then all the way back to the gas station. Can you imagine how anxious that car was on the way back to the gas station and how quiet it was when they got the person back in the car and they were now driving along the road they'd already driven once? Well, that's what happened with Mary and Joseph. Jesus wasn't in, in the caravan, in the crowd that was heading from Jerusalem to Nazareth. And uh, they, they took all day to go, all day to go back, and a whole other day looking for him. I think when uh, they went to the temple, it wasn't to look for Jesus. I think they were going to the temple to, to look for help, to go find their lost son. And when they get there, there he is, sitting in the middle of a bunch of teachers and priests, and I can imagine Mary and Joseph heading for him, and Jesus going, oh, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, come meet my new friends. Uh, I don't know what the Greek word is for don't you mom me, but I'll bet that's somewhere in the original text. Um, Let's take a look at this story about Jesus at the temple and see how we can celebrate our children's journeys. Uh, and the first thing for us to recognize is it's not about us. It's, it's really not about us. Carolyn and I like to watch reality shows and, and primarily uh, contests. So like Top Chef and uh, Project Runway and Chopped. And invariably, there are contestants who are there uh, because they say, I want to prove to my mom and dad that I chose the right path. Now, these are successful people. 
I mean, some of these people have their own restaurants or their own design studios, and they have accolades and awards, and they have the respect of their peers, but somehow their parents didn't celebrate the journey with them. And they've got to go on national television to try to prove to their parents that this is a calling. This is something that's so important to them. So um, Mary and Joseph were those kinds of parents, those kinds who really didn't uh, catch the journey part of Jesus's life uh, early on, at least in this story. Um, we read in verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why have you treated us like this? I mean, can you hear the fear in her voice? I can imagine. I mean, they, she'd, he'd been missing for days. But if you take the fear out, listen again. Why have you treated us like this? It was all about them. We can hear it in their voices. Uh, they didn't see the excitement in Jesus talking with the priests. They weren't impressed that he was teaching the teachers. Uh, and let's be honest, who can blame them? Um, so let's get past that first difficult moment when they were like, if you're, if, if you're okay, I'm going to kill you. We, we've all said those kinds of things. Uh, let's get past that and look at our kids' lives and say this. Celebrate their first love. Celebrate their first love. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is talking to churches. And one of them he praises. And then he says, but sadly, you have left your first love, that, that passion that you had. In July 1960, when she was uh, just 26 years old, Jane Goodall headed for Africa. Uh, and she traveled from England to what is now uh, Tanzania and ventured into the little-known world of wild chimpanzees. She'd been studying them. She's been studying them and advocating for them ever since. And here's her first love. Jane Goodall loves animals, all kinds of animals. Ever since her parents gave her a, a little stuffed toy, which happened to be a chimpanzee, she has loved animals and advocated for them her entire life. And now, 70 years later, that original little stuffed chimpanzee still sits in her office. Um, someone said, your job gets you up in the morning, but your passion, your first love, gets you up in the middle of the night. Through the ups and downs of parenthood, we see our kids at their best and their worst. Um, and it's helpful to remind us, uh, remind ourselves in those times of, of what really makes them tick. What is it that they are passionate about? What is it that they love? If the parents of the chefs and the designers had taken a moment to ask that question, they might have been able to celebrate their kid's journey. So what was Jesus's first love? Let's go back to the text. Luke 2, 49 to 50 says, Jesus says to them, why were you searching for me? Jesus asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying to them. I mean, wasn't he the son of God, the Messiah? Wasn't going to the temple kind of obvious? But it wasn't to them. But Jesus was here to serve his heavenly father, to do his father's will. He said, I only do what the father does. And what did the father do? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loves people. And so Jesus' first love is to love people the way his father does. Our kids are going to go through a lot 
of loves. I mean, we've seen it, right? I mean, I mean, right now, oh, this is the most important thing in my life. And tomorrow it's something else. But through all those ups and downs and through all the things that they try and let go of and try something else, it's helpful for us to remember uh, kind of that golden thread through their lives that we can help remind them, you know, back in this you really loved this part of it. And I can see the same thing in this thing that you love now. We can, we can celebrate their first love. So next step for kids, kids of all ages, might be us adults or for our own children. Think of what you really love. What brings you joy? What you could see yourself being a part of for the rest of your life. And for parents, think about what you've seen your children resonate deeply with. Look for themes that are in common in all the stages and phases that they go through. So um, celebrate their first love. And secondly, celebrate their abilities. Celebrate our kids' abilities. Consultants um, talk about core capacities uh, and core competencies. Uh, but I'm talking about skills that come so naturally to our kids that they feel effortless. Uh, not that they don't have to work, but that, that even in their work, it, it just comes naturally. It, it, it feels effortless. I told you a story last week of when I was sitting on a hill in, uh, uh, off of Yosemite up in Chumash Park, and I was watching a hawk going back and forth between Cooner and uh, Yosemite, and as I watched it, it was silent and it was effortless. I continued to watch it and uh, it circled for a while and then it dove straight down at the ground and, and then it came back up. And even as it was coming back up, it, it really didn't seem to be working very hard. It hardly flapped its wings, but more just caught uh, uh, updrafts as it went up. And I thought, wow, that hawk is really effortless. Uh, and then I heard a noise coming from the San Fernando Valley and a helicopter flew up and over the pass and it came right towards me uh, and it flew from where the hawk was to where I was in seconds. And then it hovered not far from me and then it dropped and landed. And um, I looked at the helicopter and I said, huh, good job whoever made that helicopter, whoever built it, whoever designed it. Not much longer later, it, it took off again and flew away. It had to do a lot of work. I mean, it was loud and it used a lot of energy to do it, uh, but it did its job. And I thought, what a difference between the hawk and the helicopter. The hawk was effortless and the helicopter had to work really hard. They both got the job done, but one of them you'd say about the hawk, praise God. And, and for the helicopter, you'd say, well, good job. I don't think anyone would ever say praise God for the helicopter. Um, and we could say those same things about our children. Do we say praise God for who they are and what they do? Uh, or we might just say, well, you know, good job. Good job. Um, I want to make sure we understand all of us, us and our kids, we have helicopter chores. We have helicopter jobs and responsibilities sometimes that aren't necessarily the thing that we are on earth to do, but we still got to do them. And that's a good time to remind our kids, hey, you know, not everything is fun. That's why it's called work, right? But there are those parts of their lives that, that their skills and their abilities just come naturally. And we want to celebrate those. So speaking of effortless, uh, what was Jesus really good at? Let's take a look at Luke 2, verses 46 and 47. Um, so uh, Jesus was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So what were Jesus's core competencies? Well, he was a teacher. He was an amazing communicator. Uh, he taught as one with authority, not as religious leaders. 
And listen, the people who were impressed by him, uh, these weren't just pastors like me from a church. These were the, the leaders of the temple. These were like the cardinals around the Pope. These were like the theologians who teach at seminaries. These people didn't read books. They wrote books. And they were impressed by Jesus. They were amazed, the Bible says. Um, so we can celebrate our kids' amazing abilities, their skills, their capabilities. So here's a next step. For kids, uh, think about what activities and skills come naturally to you. What do you uh, feel you do that is almost effortless? And of course, we can ask that about ourselves too as adults. And for parents, over time, what skills and abilities of your child come to mind? Where have they excelled consistently? What are those effortless things that they do in all different areas and walks of life? By celebrating our kids' first love and their abilities, we can bless them in the areas that make the biggest impact on their lives. It doesn't mean we embrace every aspect of their lives or agree with everything that they do, but we can celebrate their journey along the way. We know that they have painful and challenging situations in their lives, and we don't ignore those, but we celebrate the journey. We acknowledge the milestones, and we surrender our expectations. We humbly acknowledge it's not about us. And all of that is not easy. And it means that we have to trust God. We have to surrender our expectations of them and of God. So, have we surrendered our own lives to Jesus at some point in the past? And today, every day, we have to do that. Are we modeling the kind of faith we want our children to see? in order for them to uh, look at their own first loves and their own abilities and for them to say, thank God for what he's done in my life. And finally, let me uh, just offer us a word of comfort and of uh, assurance. It's never too late. It's never too late. It doesn't matter if our children are toddlers or grown adults with their own children. It's never too late to celebrate their journeys. On those competition shows that I mentioned earlier, uh, there are often times of parents showing up at the show and embracing their kids and telling them, good job, uh, and I'm so proud of you, uh, and all those kinds of things those kids wanted to hear. And can I tell you something? Not once has any one of those contestants ever said, uh, it's too late. You know, you, you, haven't, you didn't affirm me soon enough. No, every single time there's tears, there's reconciliation, and everybody goes forward in a better way. It's never too late to celebrate our children's journey. The end of the story we just read uh, continues in, a, in another verse or two, to verses 51 and 52. It says, Then Jesus went down to Nazareth with Mary and Joseph, and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The three of them went back to Nazareth. They went home together. And Jesus' journey continued and grew into the man that we know. And Mary uh, got on board. And there are stories uh, later on of her affirming her son's ministry. She absolutely celebrated his journey. And we can and should and need to do that for our kids as well. Amen. Hi, everybody. Pastor Jonathan here. I want to share with you a scripture and then a story from my own life as it applies to giving. The scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, and it reads, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits." of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. That's the scripture. Let me share you a story. 
Um, when I was a young adult, newly married to my wife, Stacy, um, for the first time in our lives, we were both fully employed uh, and it was all new to us. And I remember a distinct event where uh, we were in church and the offering uh, came after the message and the offering plates were being passed through the aisles. And uh, as it came down through the pews to me, I remember uh, reaching into my pocket and just grabbing whatever I had. And I think I had like a dollar bill and some spare coins. And I threw it into uh, the offering plate. And uh, to be honest with you, at the time, I was pretty proud of myself. I, I gave what I had when I could. But I, I realize now, years after, that um, what I was so proud of then uh, isn't that great of a memory um, because I realized uh, actually several years after that 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 wasn't faithful giving that uh, Proverbs teaches us to give first first fruits of our harvest uh, what that means is giving the first of the best not the worst of the last and uh, that's exactly what I had done I had paid our rent we had gone out to movies we had gone out to dinner the night before and I had some spare change in my pocket. And so I, I didn't give the first of the best. I gave the worst of the last. I, I think some lint got into the uh, offering plate as well, right? Um, but faithful biblical giving means giving the first of the best, the first fruits of the harvest. So let us continue in worship, giving faithfully, giving the best that we have to God. During this time of COVID quarantine, we're trying to make it as simple as possible for people to give. Um, the best way to do that is to go to stonebridgecme.com. And then when you're there, scroll down to online giving and click there and uh, it'll direct you to ways that you can give. Thank you.
like Jesus, grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Go in peace.